Welcome back to MG on the Mic. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about the second week of NWSL games. Um, I'm also going to be touching on some big international results, um, international football or soccer results, and then I will be touching on the WNBA draft and talking a little bit about that. So yeah, I hope y'all continue to listen and I hope you enjoy this episode. So the first thing that I'm going to talk about are the second week of NWSL games. Um, I'm just going to kind of give a recap for each one of those. The first game was the Kansas City Current versus Portland Thorns. Portland won this game 4-1. to one. It was a rematch of the t- 2022 championship match that Portland won 2-1. to one. And so this was the first game on big CBS, like the main CBS channel. I think it's one of like three for this season that are on big CBS. Anyways, um, so there's a lot of hype leading up to this game because it was the championship rematch and Kansas City has had this amazing offseason but they've been hit with a, a not a bit they've been hit with an injury bug so people kind of don't know what to expect from Kansas City but they have super super high expectations but it's hard when you have so many people injured and then Portland looks like they haven't missed a beat at all and this game did end up drawing the most viewers of a regular season match ever with 475,000 um but the goals came from Crystal Dunn she scored off of a corner to make it 1-0 in the oh goodness I'm not sure what minute that happened in I forgot to put that in my notes. But um, Sam Coffey served in the corner. She scored in the third minute. Um, Sam Coffey kicked the corner in, and Crystal Dunn had this insane touch, and she just slotted it home. Crystal Dunn, um, if you don't know anything about her, she plays outside back or defender for the national team, but for her club team, she plays like midfield Ford-esque role. And she has said that um, she likes that midfield spot, but she doesn't play that with the national team. And I think her position that she finds herself in a lot of the times can be quite challenging because she's arguably one of the best left backs in the world. And the U.S. is so stacked that nobody, like, I don't know if she would get the playing time that she gets at left back if she played in the midfield. But I also think that you should allow somebody to compete for the spot that they want to compete for, if that makes any sense. Anyways, enough of my little tangent. Sophia Smith had a game. Had a game. Insane. Um, But what's new? It seems like she hasn't lost a beat since last season. She was injured a little bit, so she's missed. I'll talk about it later in this episode. So 
this the April window was the first time she played with the U.S. national team this year, and so maybe people thought that like she would have lost a little bit of a step after her little injury, but she didn't. Um, she's scoring in many different ways. Uh, she actually scored a hat trick in this game. Um, and they are all like, very different goals. Her first goal was a PK in the 18th minute to make it 2-0 for Portland. Um, but like I said, she is just... She's so, so good. Cece Kaiser ended up pulling one back for Kansas City in the 58th minute off of an amazing just curling service off of a free kick from Alex Loera. But that wasn't enough because Sophia Smith, the Kansas City defense just decided to give Sophia Smith space. And even when you don't give space, she makes that space for herself. So whenever they intentionally gave her the space that she could exploit and she's good at exploiting, um, she did. And she made him pay. Uh, She scored on an amazing effort in the 83rd minute. She took on... I think it was three defenders. She went to the end line and just, like, put it across the face of goal, and it went in. It was just kind of like a trickler. I personally feel like that the Kansas City defense should have done better with that. But, you know, it is what it is. Then she completed her hat trick in the 88th minute, and this goal specifically um, was one where the – Kansas City players just gave her way too much space. And like I said, this game, or Portland seems to, in this game, seem to have just not missed a beat. Very, very good. And then the Chicago Red Stars versus Houston Dash was the next game. Um, Houston won 2-1. to one. Maria Sanchez scored in the fourth minute to make it 1-0 for Houston. It was an Ebony Salmon assist. Um, Chicago's defense in this goal. Where was it? It was virtually non-existent, not going to lie. So, yeah. It wasn't there. Um, It was essentially a tap-in for Maria Sanchez. And Maria Sanchez is a really, really exciting player. She plays for the Mexico national team. And, yeah, this wasn't necessarily one of her the most creative goal, but a goal is a goal. So, yeah. um, There was an own goal to tie it up for Chicago in the 19th minute. The ball came off of Natalie Jacobs. It was extremely windy in this game, so the wind had a huge part to play in the own goal. And just overall... Um, Diana Ordonez converted a PK in the 60th minute for the game winner. This was her first goal for Houston. Um, she's from Texas, and so Houston is her hometown team, so this was really, really special for her. The next game was Racing Louisville versus Washington Spirit. This ended in a 2-2 draw. Ashley Hatch had a brace to make it 2-0 before halftime for Washington, She scored in the 16th minute off of an assist from Dorian Bailey, 
and the 32nd minute off of an assist from Trinity Rodman. Trinity Rodman just played an amazing ball, and after it, Ashley Hatch knew it was amazing and give like gave like a little chef's kiss towards Trinity Rodman. Um, Trinity Rodman is still extremely, extremely young, but I just think that she, um, plays differently in her club team than she does the national team. I don't know if that's something that the national team coach, Flatko Andonofsky, is telling her to do, but yeah, I would love to see her get more comfortable on the national team and feel like she can play how she plays with her club team on the national team, if that makes any sense. Then in the second half, literally right out of halftime, Abby Ursag pulled one back for racing off of a set piece. It was a header. The assist was from Wang Shuang. Um, and when I say she flew, she flew flew to head that ball in it was just it was amazing she was at least like two three two three feet above everybody in the air um and then the equalizer came from Ari Borges I'm so sorry if I'm mispronouncing that um Brazilian international she scored an amazing goal in the 65th minute the ball was just kind of bouncing around in the box. I think it was off of a corner kick, or it might not have been off of a corner kick. Um, who knows? The ball was just kind of bouncing around, and she just came and volleyed it into the top corner. Amazing shot, amazing curl. Um, I love the Brazilian international players always have – the coolest celebrations they're always doing like little dances after their goals and I love I love watching their celebrations um anyways something that was interesting to me about this goal was that Trinity Rodman was kind of back defending and when the ball was coming out of the box she kind of backed away I guess there was another player running towards it so I guess like coaches always say if somebody calls the ball let them have the ball so I guess that was her thought process but basically she gave Ari Borges that space to take that shot um but I'm not gonna put blame on her for that because watching the clip it did look like maybe she thought the defender or another player was coming to clear the ball and she didn't want to get in their way that was just something interesting that I noticed this was um a game that, if you're a Washington Spirit fan last year, would have um, flashed your warning signs. Is this going to be the Washington Spirit of last year? They drew, I think, 10 games. They gave they drew a lot of games in stoppage time. Um, it wasn't a good year for them last year. So I don't think... One draw is not obviously not the end of the world. Everybody draws at some point. But it I think it's definitely probably gonna be in the back of some players' minds, but they seem to not be as worried yet. They seem to be in a better headspace this year. The next game was OL Rain or 
sorry, was Gotham versus O.L. Reign. O.L. Reign won 2-0. The game started around 9 p.m. because there's a weather delay. It just kept pushing it back. It was lightning, and you can't play um, each time lightning strikes. It's 30 more minutes until you get to play. Um, Jess Fishlock scored in the 31st minute off of a Rose Lavelle assist, and then Bethany Bosser scored in the 66, 62nd minute. Rose Lavelle tried to chip Abby Smith, Gotham's goalkeeper, um, and I personally think that there will be more people trying this ever since June Endo chipped Abby Smith, the goal that got called back by VAR. Um, but Abby Smith just lives outside of the box. She always comes very far out, very stressful. I would be very stressed if I was a Gotham fan. Um, and she's kind of, she didn't have the best game. She kind of misplayed a couple of passes when she was trying to play the ball with her feet. Um, but thankfully, none of those ended up leading to a goal. But the her play with the ball at her feet was definitely not the best in this game. The story of the night for Gotham, though, was that Sinead Fairley subbed on for Gotham in the 70th minute. She retired about seven years ago, and she was one of the main names in the athletic story about Paul Riley's abuse. Um, the other name was Mana Shim, but um, it's just really amazing to see her feel comfortable playing again um, and just the league took so much from her. It's just amazing. And it speaks to the culture Gotham has and the improvement that the league has, the league, the improvement the league has been through that she felt comfortable coming back. So that was super, super, super amazing to see. Um, and then... The next game was San Diego Wave versus North Carolina Courage. San Diego won this game 3-1. Jaden Shaw scored in the 39th minute to make it 1-0 San Diego. Alex Morgan scored in the 48th minute to make it 2-0 off of a Danny Colaprico assist. And then she also converted a PK in the 73rd minute to make it 3-0. This was kind of a controversial PK call, um, but Alex Morgan has become quite the penalty kick taker, quite good at them. And then Caroline was, was fouled in the box by Naomi Gurma, and she converted a PK in the 77th minute. She took a stutter step, and the commentators were like, she stopped, she stopped, that's illegal, that's illegal. Um, but then... Christina Uncle, who is a previous ref um, that will provide like rules analysis for big World Cup games, XYZ, um, was asked about it on Twitter, and she tweeted out basically saying that um, she hadn't started the kicking motion, so she, you can stop and start as long as you don't haven't started your kicking motion. So it wasn't illegal, um, but... People were all over that, and I was just like, 
Mm, do they? It's interesting when people try to argue instances like that and they don't 100% know the rules. But it's it's whatever. The last game of the weekend was Orlando Pride versus Angel City. Angel City won 2-1. to one. Claire Emsley converted a PK in the 39th minute to make it 1-0 Angel City. And this was honestly just the beginning of the chaos of this game. The foul was on Alyssa Thompson by Emily Madrill. She kind of got pushed into the goalkeeper and kind of just like rolled over the goalkeeper as the goalkeeper was coming to claim the ball. But the fun thing about this foul, or not fun, the interesting thing about this foul and a hundred million times props to Alyssa Thompson, was that after she got fouled, she just popped right back up and tried to get the ball. Um, and the P- PK ultimately ended up getting called, but just her tenacity to get up and try to get that ball was something that was amazing to see, that she had that fight. And then for Orlando, Messiah Bright scored in the 51st minute to level it. It came from an Erica Timrak assist. She was able to get a shot off if she was as she was like splitting Megan Reed and Sarah Gordon, Angel City's two center backs. And when I initially was watching that, I was like, why didn't one of those defenders try to get her, like stick their foot in, try to get the tackle? And Watching it back, especially because Sarah Gordon is probably one of the best defenders in the league. Um, but watching it back, her touches were amazing. And you could tell that her touches were kind of leading up to the goal, took it away from the defender to where they couldn't just stick their foot in. And then she had her spot picked out, so she was just able to doop, slot it home. And then a controversial PK was called against Orlando in the 89th minute. It was called on a handball. Um, the reason it was controversial is that the Orlando player had like fallen in the box and kind of used her arm to break her fall. But the ball hit her arm, so it was called a handball. Um, Claire Emsley took it again. It was, it was a bad PK. Um, Anna Morehouse ended up saving it. I personally think that it takes a very special type of player to take a PK multiple times in a game because then you start second-guessing. Do I go the same way? Um, Do I try to go a different way? Do I change something up? The goalkeeper now knows what I did that one time in this game. And so I don't really know how I feel about a player taking more than one PK in a game, but... She did, and she missed it. Katie Johnson came in as a sub late in the game for Simone Charlie, who mm, I'll give a very sad update in just a minute about Simone Charlie. And she scored the game winner on literally the last kick of the game off of a corner. It was a header in the ninety, in the tenth minute of stoppage time. So the ninety plus tenth minute. It was the latest game winner in NWSL history, and it beat Ashley Hatch's PK against San Diego last year when Washington beat San Diego 4-3. 
it beat that by eight seconds. Angel City. I don't think Angel City ever scored off a corner last year. So it was nice to see maybe once. But I don't know if they ever scored directly off of a corner and not like a recycled ball. If that makes any sense. And if they did, it was very few times. But um, it was nice to see them put away a goal on the corner because sometimes when people, when you don't threaten on the corner, a set piece should be a very good opportunity for you at least to threaten the back line, threaten the goalkeeper. Um, another big story in this game was Savannah McCaskill. She had several opportunities to where she didn't pass the ball. There's a player that seemed to have um, a better opportunity than she did, but she just didn't pass it for whatever reason. I'm obviously wasn't on the field, not a professional soccer player, so I don't know what was going through her head, um, but yeah, she's not a bad player, Savannah McCaskill, but she just has a different um, skill set than a lot of the players that do play for Angel City, and this just means that, like, I don't know, she just... It's Angel City seems to want to be this super fast team, and sometimes she she's not as fast as some of her teammates. So she's still good. She just doesn't play into that fast system that Freya Coombe, the coach at Angel City, um, seems to be playing. Simone Charlie tore her Achilles in this game. Super sad. So she's been placed. On the season-ending injury list. She was injured off and on last year. So she never really got into the groove until kind of towards the end of the year. And you could tell she looked very upset when it happened. And she was in a wheelchair after it happened. So it was extremely upsetting for her. So that is all of the NWSL games for this past week. Or the second week of the games. And next, I'm going to be talking very quickly about the national, various national team games that happened over this FIFA break. So, this international break was really interesting and honestly, I think perfect for the last international break before the World Cup because all the games were super exciting. The U.S. women's national team played Ireland twice. Um, I talked about Sinead Fairley in when I was talking about the Gotham Rain game. And she was called up and got her first cap in this for Ireland in the first game that they played against the US. So that was a really cool moment for her and she was so she was so good in that game. The U.S. won the first game 2-0. There was a goal from Emily Fox and a PK from Lindsay Horan. They won the second game 1-0 off of a goal from Alana Cook that, honestly, from how far out Alana Cook was, it it must have been like a shot, I mean, across 
that just caught the goalkeeper out and kind of just poop into the into the goal um the big big story of this this international break was that Mal Swanson tore her patella tendon in the first game she has been getting beat up lately and it's just three months out from the world cup and she tears a tendon in her knee which is from what I've seen one of the hardest injuries potentially career ending devastating especially when this was supposed to be her world cup to kind of jump on the international scene um she went down with a head neck injury earlier in the game but wasn't taken out and when she hurt her knee a lot of people were like um he should have taken her out Vlaco should have taken her out yada 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 um and I definitely think that there's somewhat of a connection but that's not my level of expertise so I don't know a hundred percent I don't think they're related but if he wouldn't have taken her out then she wouldn't have been in to get hurt. I don't know if any of that makes any sense. But the reason this is such a big deal, other than the fact that you just, you really do feel for a player when something this devastating happens to them, is that Andonovsky, Vlatko, built his system around her and Sophia Smith. It was built around Kat Macario, and then she tore her ACL about a year ago. Um, and like, They had to change. Um, she can win you a game with her individual brilliance. The midfield's disjointed right now, so it's going to be interesting to see now what his system looks like because she very much was a huge part, as she should be. Um, and the other big story that came out of these U.S. games was that Julie Ertz returned in her first just game in general, club game, national team game, since the Olympics in 2021. So it's been almost two years. But the thing is, is that she doesn't have a club team and Blackco um, preaches club form matters, club form matters, but... She doesn't have a club team, and I'm not saying the team couldn't use her. They obviously could. Um, but it's just Vlatko seems to keep on walking himself into a bad situation with the way he talks about certain things or the comments he makes in press conferences and whatnot. Um, the, then another game was England versus Brazil. They were playing in the first edition of the women's final ISMA, um, which is the winner of Copa America, which is the continental tournament in South America versus the winner of the Euros, which is the continental tournament in Euros. England won 4-2 to two on PKs. Ella Toon scored in the 23rd minute, and then Andresa Alves leveled it in the third minute of stoppage time, so the 90-plus third minute. Amazing, amazing game. Then France versus Colombia ended five to two. Colombia was up at up two nil at one point. Eugenie Lesomer scored a brace in her return to the team, um, and then 
Hervé, Hervé, I'm sorry, I just 100% butchered that. Renard's first game in charge after fire the firing of Corinne Diacra um, was a success. Um, this France team will be very interesting to watch in the World Cup. Germany versus Brazil ended 2-1 in favor of Brazil. Tamires scored in the 11th minute. Um, I'm not sure that goal would have stood in the World Cup because of VAR. Uh, she kind of like kicked it out of the goalkeeper's hands. And then Ari Borges scored a banger in the 38th minute. Um, it looked like it was going to be a short cor- corner. She took the corner, kind of passed it to somebody, and then immediately just shot it from super wide, super tough angles, almost a... Um, What's it called? An Olympico. But it, I don't think it's technically an Olympico because it wasn't directly from the corner. I don't know. But it was still an amazing goal no matter what. Jill Brand pulled one bra- back in the second minute of stoppage time, so the 90-plus second minute for Germany. And this was l- German legend Jennifer Marjan's last international game. Um, she subbed in and retired at the end of this game. The last interesting game of this international break was England versus Australia. Australia won 2 to nil, and this broke a 30-game unbeaten streak for England. Sam Kerr scored in the 32nd minute. Charlotte Grant scored her first international goal for Ireland in the 67th minute. And honestly, in general, this was just a rough game for England, especially their captain Leah Williamson um the first goal a ball was played back and she played it with her head um basically right into the path of Sam Kerr and Sam Kerr is Sam Kerr super super good super good like poacher of a goal scorer um and you can't do that when you're playing against Sam Kerr so, like I said, these games basically just symbolize that the World Cup is wide open. So, who knows what will happen. So, something, the next thing I'm going to be talking about is the NCAA Women's National Championship. Um, LSU won 102-85. to Highest, most number of points scored in a championship ever. Amazing. They, they're honestly, their bench won this game for them. They basically won the game in the second quarter. They were up by 17 going into the half. Jasmine Carson had 22 points coming off the bench. 21 of those were in the second quarter, and she hit 100% of her shots in the second quarter. For Iowa, Caitlin Clark had 30 points, but she was basically doing the bulk of the scoring for her team, and LSU, the scoring was spread out more. They had multiple people in double figures, multiple people with 20 points, um, yada, yada, yada. Angel Reese was the player of the tournament, and the big story about this game was that, other than the fact that it drew 10 million viewers, 12 million at its peak, um was that Angel Reese basically did the John Cena you can't, or not basically, she did the John Cena you can't see me to Caitlin Clark when it was obvious LSU was going to win. 
Um, and the thing about that is that Caitlin Clark did it in an earlier game in the tournament. And then she kind of, and then Angel Reese kind of pointed at her ring finger and Caitlin, to Caitlin Clark. And so there was a whole bunch of like, Angel Reese is disrespectful, Angel Reese not good sportsmanship, yada, yada, yada. And I do think that some of it obviously has to do with the fact that LSU is predominantly black team and Iowa is a predominantly white team. Um, But it also has to do with the fact that, like, people don't let people be emotional, I guess. That's not the right word, but just, like, men do that all the time. So what's the issue? Um, I will have to say that it seemed, I don't have an issue with Angel Reese at all. Um, doing the taunting. She's able to back up her taunting. She's good enough to do the taunting. If you taunt, you need to be able to receive, be prepared for people to taunt you back, and it seems like she doesn't have a problem with that. Um, it does seem like she's made this John Cena, you can't see me thing, kind of her signature thing too. Um, we'll see what she does next year, because she is coming back to LSU. It would be very, very interesting to watch. The last thing I'm going to be talking about is the WNBA draft. And before I get started, like, the WNBA needs to expand. It's, honestly, in my opinion, it's embarrassing when you have the NWSL expanding pretty regularly. And you've had the same number of teams since, like, 2010 or 2011. I don't know. It's been a while since you've added teams. Because the thing is, is that there's so much talent that you don't know what to do with it. There's not enough spots, especially the next year's draft class with Caitlin Clark, Paige Beckers, Aaliyah Edwards, Andrew Reese, Rukia Jackson. Wow. But basically, the WNBA draft first pick was obviously Aaliyah Boston. Um, A surprising pick for me was that Haley Jones dropped to six. I'm glad she went to the Atlanta Dream because I might be going to an Atlanta Dream game this season. Hopefully. We'll see. So I might get to see her play. But that just, that kind of surprised me. Like, I don't know why Granted, Stanford didn't have the best of a season this year, but it's still surprising me how she dropped to six. But I'm just going to run through the picks very, very quickly. Um, Aaliyah Boston went to the Indiana Fever. Diamond Miller went to Minnesota Lynx. Maddie Segrist went to Dallas Wings. Stephanie Suarez went to Dallas Wings. She was initially drafted with the Washington Mystics, but they traded her. Lou Lopez Seneschal went to Dallas Wings. Haley Jones, Atlanta Dream. Grace Berger is went to the University of Indiana, so she's kind of a hometown kid, and she was picked by Indiana Fever. Leticia Amihir went to the Atlanta Dream. Jordan Horston went to Seattle Storm. 
Zaya Cook went to Los Angeles Sparks. Abby Myers Myers went to Dallas Wings. Maya Hirsch from France went to Minnesota Lynx. And the most notable picks of the later rounds was that Alexis Morris went at 22 to the Connecticut Sun. And then Bria Bill went at 24 to the Minnesota Lynx. Um, I don't know how Bria Bill dropped that low, but... I don't know. Anyways. So yeah, I will be very interested in seeing how the whole WNBA season, who gets a contract. It'll, I feel like it's very much Las Vegas and New York's to lose two super teams. So I'll be able, whoa. I'll be excited to see how that goes for them. Thank you for listening to this episode of MG on the Mic. I hope you enjoyed, and I hope you want to come back for more episodes in the future. Recommend this to your friends, your family, whoever you want to. Just get the word out that this podcast exists to inform you all about women's sports. Um... I really hope you enjoyed this episode, and like always, have a good day, and hope you want to come back for more. Bye!